Been there, done that. Itch mites. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Gail Hansen, state epidemiologist for the Kansas Department of Health and Environment. Dr. Hansen helped solve the 2004 Kansas microscopic itch mite mystery. Dr. Hansen, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you for having me. How widespread was the mite outbreak in Kansas in 2004? Well, it originally affected people in several counties, mostly in southeast Kansas. And we know that at least half of the people in one of our counties there were affected with the itch mite. We also saw it in the Kansas City area and actually had reached a couple of other states, including Nebraska and Missouri as well. How did you determine all the bites were due to itch mites? Well, it was really through good epidemiological investigation, but it was also very much of a collaborative effort. We were able to rule out pollutants or a new manufacturing company that had started or something like that. We had been able to rule out any kind of an infectious disease and, and pretty much other causes. And they looked like insect bites, but nobody remembered getting bitten. So we really, like I said, this was really collaborative, and it included the Kansas Department of Health and Environment, the local health departments, CDC got involved, and then entomology departments both at Kansas State University, Pittsburgh State University in southeast Kansas, uh, the University of Nebraska, and, of course, the local physicians. How long did the investigation take? We began around the end of August, and it was about the middle of September before we really had a pretty good idea of what was going on. And explain how you decided it was this mite. Like I said, it was pretty much epidemiologic investigation. These mites are tough to find skin scraping. By the time they've done their damage, they're gone. Um, We pieced together what was going on environmentally, what was going on medically with folks, and our entomologist really said, yes, these are the the kinds of, our entomologists and other people who are going out, doing all the things we asked them to do, We're, we're getting bitten, Um, having the same symptoms, and they were able to find this little mite, and we know that this type of mite has caused this kind of a problem in the past. You tell a story about some research around a football game. Tell us about that. Um, It was really, it, it made more sense after we knew what was going on, but one of the first indications was sort of early to mid-August where we had a a football game in in southeast Kansas at one of our universities, and there had been fans that came in from the other college, which was in Colorado, uh, came to watch the game. They went back home after the game and had these horrible, itchy rashes. They attributed it to something, maybe bed bugs or something in Kansas. They didn't really want to say they thought it might be bed bugs, so it took a couple of days before we figured out that they were part of this outbreak as well. It turns out, and it makes lots of sense, that the the football field is set up so that the home team has an umbrella or has a a cover over it. And the people on the home team, on the Kansas side, had very little problem early on. The visiting team, and not the team players, but the, the fans, were the ones who were complaining about being very itchy after they went home. Well, that part of the the stands, the the visitor stands, is sheltered or um, sheltered from the sun not by a cover but by pin oak trees or oak trees, and it is the oak tree leaf that had the itch mite in it. So when we put it all together, it was like, oh, of course that makes sense. At the time, quite a mystery. 
What's the official name of the mite and then the layperson's name for the mite? The official na- name for the mite in Kansas was the Modis herfsi, and that's now called the leaf gall mite. It's very much related to another pyomites, which is the straw itch mite. Is it particular to the oak tree? Not really. This mite, which was really the first time that we recognized it being in, in North America, prefers to eat moths and moth larvae. But in this country, it decided that these leaf galls, which really have a, a small larva of a, of a midge, of a, a small insect, turned out to be great food for these itch mites. And why Kansas in 2004? Well, we wish we knew for sure, but we suspect that the mite had probably been around for a bit of time, but not really causing a lot of trouble. But we really had sort of what I'd call like the perfect storm. We had a wet spring, a fairly cool spring, and that year a relatively cool summer for us. That's perfect weather for the usual food of the mites in this country, the the larva that causes the galls or those little bumps on pin oak trees. So the mites just thrived, and, and they were in hundreds of thousands in any one tree. Was this the first known U.S. outbreak? It seems to be. Like I said, this particular itch mite was a new mite species in the United States. Previously, they'd only seen that itch mite in Europe. It's closely related to a straw itch mite, and that we've seen in the U.S. and other parts of the world for a long time. It's pestered farmers for, for years and years and years. And what span of time did this outbreak occur in? The first signs that we got were in early August, and it really lasted through November when we got a good frost. It sort of went away in September, the end of September a bit, and then when people were raking their leaves again, and their pin oak tree leaves, it fell in October, November, we got a little bit of a resurgence. By then, we at least knew what it was, and it really was until uh, frost. Then we had a little bit more in 2005 and 2006. The weather was not very conducive for the larvae in the trees. Dr. Hansen, give us a bite mite 101. <laughs> well, the, the mites are very, very small. They're nearly invisible to the naked eye. And they're small enough that they can be carried some distance on the wind. When you get an itch mite bite, they look like a bug bite because they are, but most people don't have any memory of getting a bug bite, and they don't find, usually on, on skin scrapings, you won't usually find the, any bugs or any of these mites on the skin. There's usually no pain at the time of the bite, so there's no sensation that someone's been bitten. Typically what happens is the next day the person wakes up and they have these red, very pruritic, itchy welts. It seems the mites have to be in contact with a person for four or five hours before they bite, and then it becomes pruritic and very itchy around 12 hours after the bite. And like I said, by then the, the mite's gone, so the skin scrapings aren't going to find anything. And the rash that you get from these bites, they're sort of reddish welts that become papules to pustules. Uh, they're intensely itchy. But if you scratch them, they're very painful when you scratch them, and and you get no relief from scratching. We've seen some allergic reactions with fever, but that's been very rare. Mostly it's just intense pruritus and not being relieved by scratching. And keeping in mind that that people aren't the primary host for this mite. They'll bite us when they don't have their preferred host. And like I said, they're very small, so the wind can carry them. So we'll tend to see them in places where people don't have clothing covering them, but sometimes we'll see it even in areas where they do have clothing that's loosely woven because these things are so small, they can go right between the weave of cloth. In Kansas, they were from pin oak trees, so they tended to be in the shoulders and upper extremities and around the neck, though we did see some that were around the knees and and, and legs, 
very few on the trunk. The life cycle of the mite, it takes about a week, is, is pretty unusual. The males emerge ahead of the females, and they mate with the females as they emerge. Uh, the mated female then looks for a host to feed on, and she's small like I said, she's small enough to be carried by the wind. And the way she feeds is she injects a, a neurotoxin into the food, which is an insect larva. And that paralyzes the larva, um, and she paralyzes them with it, that neurotoxin, and the larva die of starvation. Uh, within a few day, days, um, you can get up to 250, maybe 300 adult mites that emerge from the female, so they don't have to go through any life cycle. They go through it in the female, and then that whole cycle begins again. And it really is that neurotoxin that causes that itch. For clarification, did you say that the mites are on the skin for four to five hours before they bite? Yes, and that's one of the things that can help us as we're looking as we're looking at preventive things that people can do or, or people can do to keep themselves from having a problem with the itch mite. And walk us through those preventative measures, please. The best prevention is certainly repellents that have insect repellents that have DEET in them help provide some protection because if the, the mite has a choice, They'll stay away from you if you've got deed on you. However, because they can be carried on the wind and basically blown into you, that isn't 100% uh, effective. What we do tell people is to, to try to stay indoors as much as you can, um, staying away from trees and open windows if you can. And then after you've been outside working or doing recreation or whatever you're doing outside, come back inside, change your clothes so you, the mites don't stay there, and, and launder your clothes, and then take a hot, soapy shower after you've been outdoors. Um, if you take a hot, soapy shower and, and physically remove those mites, you're much less likely to be bitten by them. What is your best advice for treatment? We wish we knew what would be especially effective for treatment right now. Topical applications of um, Benadryl um, or calamine lotion seems to reduce itching. Um, for some of the severe cases, oral antihistamines can be effective. But we found even with that, that itching can persist for a couple of weeks. On some folks. Are other states calling you for advice? We've been hearing a little bit from Illinois and Chicago seems to be having a similar problem. Um, they're trying to identify whether it's exactly this itch mite, the leaf gall mite, or some other mite, but it does seem to be some kind of a mite. We certainly were in contact with Nebraska and the Missouri back in 2004, so we get occasional calls, yes. Are there any similar outbreaks that you're hearing about? Like I said, I've heard about the one in Chicago this year. I haven't heard anything specifically outside of Chicago this year. That's really where the, the focus has been and, and perhaps some other places in Illinois, but, but, but really seems to be in Chicago this year. Kansas this year we had a wet but not especially cool summer, so we haven't seen as much this year. But we now, especially in southeast Kansas where we have a lot of pin oaks and southwest Missouri, sort of know what to be looking for now. At the time, what was your best advice for the primary care physician? Really, it was symptomatic treatment. Um, once we determined that we really were, even once we determined that it was an, an itch mite, is to use topical, first the topical um, antipyretic drugs and then um, oral antihistamines just so people can have some relief and sleep. People were so intensely pruritic that they just weren't able to sleep for days. How about treating the home? Probably the best thing to do is to keep screens on the windows down and, and keeping doors shut because these little mites can be carried in by wind. They are looking for something to feed on. Their preferred, and keeping in mind the preferred host is an insect larva, they don't really like us. So preventive in homes is staying indoors as much as you can. If, if it turns out in, in Chicago it's the oak leaf 
or a leaf gall mite, then not spending a lot of time underneath uh, shady trees, especially oak trees, may be a good thing. Are they biting pets? Well, that's an interesting question. I also am a veterinarian, and, and we didn't see or we haven't seen a lot of that, but that may be because the, to get to, the, to most pets, you have to go through that hair coat. So that may be stopping them because we really haven't heard a lot of complaints from um, pet owners about their pets. How can listeners learn more? Both the University of Nebraska and uh, the University of Kansas, I'm sorry, and Kansas State University have on their websites information about the pyomites or itch mite or straw itch mite. So if you do a, um, a search on that, that's probably the best best place to find out about the mite. I'm Susan Dolan, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.